training camp coverage on WEEI brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi. That's Z-U-D-Y.com for your free trial. New England Spine Care. We've got your back at NESpineCare.com. Henry Elliott and Company, the interoperability staffing partner of the healthcare IT industry at HenryElliott.com. And, of course, joining us here at Gillette is our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. And uh, we were just talking about that Dolphins news. Pretty significant in a couple different ways. You lose a first. You lose a third next year. But it's also kind of admitting to the people that are in those jobs that, hey, the owner wanted other people that are better than both of you. Good read, by the way, too. Coming into this, that was a fantastic read. Oh, thank read. you. Um, I've yeah, done it for a while. There's a lot to glean from that. And I think what's also interesting is everything reflects locally. So what does that do to your perception of what Tom Brady was about in 2019? Now, if he in August was – basically trying to orchestrate an opportunity to get to the Dolphins, does that change your view? Now, for me, I was at the Hall of Fame weekend. Ty Law was going in, and I spoke to a source really close to Brady who was there at the time. And they said that's that's pretty much it because Brady had just done that faux two-year contract, mm-hmm. which did not give him what he had hoped for, which is two years at $50 million guaranteed. The Patriots had told him, we will give you the Breeze contract. They didn't do that. And once that happened, after the years previous where they were trying to make him sing for his supper with option bonuses that he never hit, Brady's like, you know what, all set. Not just at Belichick, but really at Robert Kraft as well. So that paved the way. That juncture paved the way. Brady was ready to leave camp in 2019. That's how pissed off he was. Man. Um, And not getting what he supposed he was going to get. And when he did get it, when it didn't match up to what he anticipated it being, um, and hoped it would, and the Patriots told him it would, that, that really sealed it. So it's interesting to see it in an investigation that that's when it, the conversation. I didn't know he was talking to Dolphins, but I knew that it was, he's, this might be a bridge too far. Now, I'm trying to remember all the details of it, but when he chose to go to Tampa Bay, was Miami in consideration then? Because I know this past offseason it became a big hot story, and if Stephen Ross didn't step in it and Brian Flores didn't out him with all this other stuff, maybe he'd be there this year. But what about before going to Tampa? Would he have gone to Miami? Well, what's fascinating is I remember speaking to um, Chris Greer prior to the final regular season game. and He's the Miami Dolphins um, GM, and I asked him about Brady because I had spoken to someone again close to Brady, and they said, salary cap and draft picks, look at what they got. So that was basically a don't rule that location out. But they didn't know where he was going to land more of a fact-finding mission. And I remember Chris Greer saying, well, why would he want to come to us? I mean, we're a rebuilding team. He's, you know. So it was <laughs> basically, yeah. unless Chris Greer wasn't, you know, looped in on the conversations that were going on between right. Stephen Ross and, and Brady's friend from Michigan, whose name escapes me, who's high up with Stephen Ross. But it's interesting. Brady's been at the the core of a couple of last draft picks now. Yeah, yes. It really is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out in Miami. Two days in pads, a lot of special teams work. What else has stood out to your trained eye, Tom Kern? There's some individuals that you can observe and say, wow, that guy's better than I thought. Um, and basically that's, that's more. It's harder to see the guys who are screwing up, and I have a tendency when a guy screws up to say, ah, it was one rap or – they're always going to get you What's in a one-on-one the context, in a corner. Right. But Tyquan Thornton has surprised the hell out of me in terms of what I thought his level of performance would be and usage would be relative to what it is. He made a catch today that was absolutely insane. It was like the Willie Mays catch 
from the 54 World Series off the back of, bat of Vic Wirtz. Wow, that is a good uh, pull. Wow. Predates me slightly, but I like it. But it, it came in on a very tough trajectory. Hmm. He watched it come over his helmet, not over his shoulder, over his helmet, huh? cradled it. Jalen Mills was in coverage. Jalen Mills started clapping for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can do that at practice. Um, <laughs> so he has made some very tough catches, and I think he's a really professional kid. So I would say my expectation for him is higher. Christian Barmore is a beast. I do think Cole Strange continues to be a little bit up against it. But the big takeaway that people are waiting on, I think, to talk about is, is the offense. Where is it? And I think there's a real frustration level for these players that's going on that the coaches are trying to tamp down. Bill Belichick talked about it at his press conference today. You know, got to be patient. First day in pads, it's going to look a little bit um, crappy here and there. Mm-hmm. And again, it looked kind of crappy at junctures today. It's not every single play did suck, but you know, Rich, you watched it. Yeah, you don't want the quarterback running with the ball that often. Too yeah, much, yeah. Too much of that, or the defense just kind of getting the hand there. So, like a lot of times, it would have just been a sack because we weren't here Saturday. We've been here every other day. Saturday sounded like a disaster for the offense. And I didn't hate Saturday because it was oh, red okay. zone. And they had been watching, and there were no pads, and they had been watching these guys run red zone routes for four days. So it's like, at that point, it's like, okay, I know what you're going to do. Yeah, right, okay. But this is a little bit um, arresting. So what do, you, what do you put that on? Is it is it personnel? Is it skill set? Is it just commu- communicating with new coaches? New offense. Okay. That's And Mac actually alluded to that. Did you guys run Mac in full? We didn't play uh, it. No, no, we haven't gotten to it yet. We're, we're of course, knee-deep in Red Sox trade talk. Right. And the Padres, Soto and, and the Padres yeah. getting everybody on yeah. the planet. Um, when you listen to it, he does mention adjusting to a new offense, mm-hmm. or he uses the words new offense. That's yeah. You know, that's not just we're changing the language, we're streamlining. It's, say, it's the quarterback saying new offense. And he also said that of Saturday mm. – when we lose a day and get outperformed, it, it's a knife through my heart. So <laughs> he's not uh, taking it too I tough love on that. Him, yeah. God, I, I, there is a part of me that loves that because he's got to be the engine. Like, there's only so much the coaches are going to be able to do. And Tommy, before you got up here, Keith and I kind of had a conversation on listening to Belichick yesterday on SiriusXM NFL Radio and the whole he's around the offense more things like that. Hopefully that trained eye is the one that is a part of correcting these. But at the end of the day, the guy in the huddle that's going to push everybody has to be the quarterback. Brady was great at it. It just took people a couple years to maybe figure it out that he was the guy who'd walk over to someone and yoke them up and say, what the F? I think what's hard, too, is the push-pull of doing anything new. If you guys decided, okay, we're going to do the show differently, and somebody else told you that, and you actually are practicing doing the show and it's not working, there's going to be a point at which you're like, why are we doing this again? Right. Why are we, do- why are we doing this? Mm. And then the person in charge, who you defer to as your boss, Bill Belichick in this case, or Matt Patricia, it's the process, trust me. Look at my resume. So they, they have to suspend their agitations and frustrations, but you can see them sometimes, and it's not going to get easier. It, this isn't going to be a month-long, two-month-long process, year-long process. And... It, it creates doubt. <laughs> it creates doubt. It creates questions, yeah. especially when there's people in positions, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are in unfamiliar positions, and you start to say, well, does it suck because it's just the normal growing pains of adjusting, or does it suck because I'm not being put in a great position? And that's why Bill's not doing those guys a favor mm. in the overall. Mm-hmm. And Bill doesn't care if he's doing a favor or what we perceive, which no. is fine, but he's also putting these guys in positions where people are going to say they're screwing it up. Maybe even some of the players, too. Not to say I have no one's told me that, but I think the players 
as you would with your boss. The yeah. jury will remain out as they watch what goes on. That is frustrating. But so long term, I mean, you got to assume that this is better for Mac Jones specifically, right? Is that what the why you don't change your offense for just anybody, right? Like Baltimore changes their offense for Lamar Jackson. Yes. Right? They run the whole thing around. Now he's a unique case, but for this is more more for Mac Jones' future than anybody else, right? I think it's more for Mac Jones as probably a secondary beneficiary. Okay. Because Mac Jones could most likely do eventually what Tom Brady did, or 50% to 60 mm-hmm. to 70% of what Tom Brady did. He and you, and the context now. of that is drop back, throw the ball, spread it out, that kind of thing? Yeah, watch okay. my option right, right, very this good. guy, find out what he did, <clears> he's doing. I can tell what's going on. I've spent the time. Because I can hear the Vox Populi being like, oh, my God, Curran yeah. just compared him to Brady. No, like, he, you know what I mean? No, he could make the offense. decisions and throw yeah. with the accuracy yeah, that yeah, Brady yeah. has, yeah. but it's too friggin' complicated you got for – Nikhil Harry and for, I don't know, why did Josh Boyce popped into my head? But <laughs> no, but for, for guys so like Kendrick guys. Bourne, that you want to take it, you want yeah, Kendrick yeah. Bourne to play fast. You have to tweak some things to allow him to play fast. Yeah, and if Tyquan Thornton's going to be a player, right. make it simple for him. The guy's built like a popsicle stick. So, it's thin. <laughs> you know, how can you, how can you make it so that Tyquan Thornton does have immediate benefits? Like I've said, okay, the guy's going to have 20 catches this year. But I'm watching him now and I'm like, Maybe there's more relevance to him. You get to 35, and who knows what's going to happen. What is going on defensively, if anything? Is there anything standing out there? Because, again, there's so much focus on the coaching. There's no coordinators. you got Mayo there. You know, It's almost like you have co-DCs, I guess, even though they're co-linebacker coaches. But defensive, I don't know if we're really going to learn anything defensively until week one, quite honestly. Yeah. I think we'll learn more about the offense in the preseason than we will defense. Yeah, corners are better than forecast. I think there's a level of capability that we're seeing from uh, from Mills that is just what it was last year, which was surprisingly good. Now he set that standard of he's capable. Um, Terrence Mitchell has been good. He's the guy they acquired, I believe. I might be mistaken, Browns. Uh, he was with Houston, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, skinny little guy, too, but he's been very good. Uh, Jack Jones has been in the mix. Jonathan Jones has been in the mix. Um, but they've been fine back there. I think the one guy who has surprisingly had some days where he got – Beaten was Kyle Duggar, who I think is a Pro Bowl level player in the in the making. Um, Some of that might also be figuring out as like what he can and can't do, right? Like and it's, it's the whole ones too. Yeah, right. So like, let's test me. him and make yeah, sure we yeah, don't yeah. put him in that spot in a game. Keith knows that. You know, running the wideout position, he would just chew people up. Chew him up. Well, we were saying the other day when they were doing the one on ones over here, you would what you would do is you would see where a guy like Juwan Williams was, and you try to like cut the Get line, like, oh, <laughs> or you tie your shoe. One, like, you two, pass three, me. I'm not going four. up against Mills. You, I gotta, I gotta fix my cleat. And then you're like, oh, Juwan Williams. Here we go. And then you give him one move, and it's and it's over. Over. We heard Belichick talking about how there's a lot of depth at linebacker. Is that just a nice way to say there's a lot of bodies there yeah. and no, no real standout, right? I guess if you have the option of saying there's a lot of depth or a lot of experience, he can't say experience <laughs> yeah, that's and he true. can't that's say the there's productivity, so right. he would have to say that there's a lot of depth. And there is. You know, mm-hmm. What would interest me is how much and what they're starting to try and hatch defensively for the Dolphins because, you know, it's – what is September 11th, the weekend of September 11th? Yeah, weekend of September 11th. So yep. we're 30, 40 days away, mm-hmm. and that's what teams do is they start pouring themselves into their game plan for their first game of the season mm-hmm. with Miami as an established um, opponent already. So what, what are you going to be? How are you going to be? How do you anticipate them using Hill and Waddle and everything else? 
Interesting stuff, as always, with our friend from Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Uh, thank you, friend. All right, Adaptability, guys. the best ability, which is yes. what we did here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. We'll yeah, talk to you next good week. to see you, man. Very absolutely good. good to see you in person. Keep those good reads coming. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it through my face, friend. More sponsors just... than Mary. Yeah, Gresh has had major dental work done. He was telling You've me. You've heard yeah, about this. It's a Tom, mess. Tommy might not be far off from oh, what we no. were talking about. So, Don't. yeah. Come on. I, I think you're better off getting a whole bunch of you know falsies. What? You have a friend. When it comes time, you have Come a friend off. in me. I'll be able to coach you through it. You don't seem like it. you're bad, right? Your uh, he says he's the toughest guy in the I world. I am. I'm just the toughest some bitch going. So you know. But seriously, like, like if I pulled this down, you could see how they've got yeah, it like blocked it. up, so you can't even see the yeah. sutures. Hoping you leave it. Which go eye teeth, the eye teeth. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They try to pull the bridge out that because I have. A, I don't know if you have a bridge yet. If you've gotten to that point. Oh, when you do, He's God help you. He's just dipping his toes into the, uh, yeah. the teeth surgery. Right. You know what? All right, folks. I hope yeah, you enjoy right, your Tom. lunch. There we go. Yeah, yeah, here we <laughs> go. That's right. Enjoy lunch. It is lunchtime.